0: Our passage of Scripture this morning is going to be found in the first book of Kings. It will be in chapter 12. The first book of Kings, chapter 12, we'll go over verses 1 through 24. It's a rather long passage, um, but I still think it can show um, many theological concepts and biblical principles that you and I can apply uh, in our lives as a church, but also in our daily uh, life as we go out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Some of you all can relate to a story where there was a, uh, a man who became a new boss of a company, and he, um, he wanted to get to know his staff better, so we held a staff meeting, and uh, he got to know the personalities, how they communicate, how they act, what their goals are, and he also asked all of his new employees that he didn't know, and said, what was something your former boss or your former employee didn't give you, but I can? And some of us are thinking the same thing, more race, right? More money, less problems, right? And some of them said that. Some of them said they just want more vacation days. They they want to spend more time with their family to get paid for it. And some of them said they just want to feel appreciated. They just want words of affirmation. They just want to know if they're doing a good job to be told that. The day goes by and the next day comes and you see a table full of um, boxes and boxes of pizza. You don't hear anybody getting a new raise. You don't hear anyone getting any more vacation days. No words. Just a pizza party. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with pizza. I like pizza. But that's not what we asked for, right? That's not what they asked. And I am in no means of defending these people that uh, asked for such requests. I'm not saying they deserved it. But what I am saying is that that employer asking such a question gave them false hope. And you and I today, and many times in our lives, have have been given false hope by some of our leaders in our lives, whoever that may be. Sometimes by parents, where they said that they were going to take us somewhere and they didn't, whether they didn't financially uh, could afford to do so, or they only said they would take us so we could be quiet. <laughs> or um, or through friends, where we ask for a favor, and they, we asked them to do something, and they said, that they would do it and we did and they didn't. And in some instances, we were the ones that gave others false hope. We were the ones we would say we would do something and we didn't do it. Or we would say some something that we wouldn't do but we did. And I've been guilty of that too, where I said I wouldn't do something and I have. Through the midst of that, through the midst of our failures to others, and through the midst of failures to us, where we've given others false hope, and through others giving us false hope for whatever reason, because we are, we are sinners who make mistakes, you and I can still rely and hope in God. Because He never makes mistakes. He gives true hope. And you and I are going to see that in this text, how um, we're going to see a, a very colorful story of how through the failures of man, you will see the, the Word of God coming to stand. Now let's dive into the word of God together, to gain wisdom together, to apply it together. Let's read verses 1 through 8. Then Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had come to Shechem to make him king. Now when Jeroboam, the son of the bat, heard of it, it, uh, he was living in Egypt, for uh, he was yet in Egypt, where he fled from the presence of King Solomon, verse 3. Then they sent and called him, and Jeroboam, and all the assembly of Israel, and spoke to Rehoboam, saying, Your father made our yoke hard, now therefore lighten the hard service of your father and his heavy yoke, which he put on us, and we will serve you. Then he said to them, Depart for three days, then return to me. So the people departed. Verse 6. King Rehoboam consulted with the elders, who had served his father while he was still alive, saying, How do you counsel me to answer this people? Then they spoke to him, saying, If you will be a servant to this people today, and will serve them, and grant them their petition, and speak good words to them, then they will be your servant forever. Verse 8, For he forsook the counsel of the elders which they had given him, and consulted with the young men who grew up with him, and served him. To provide just a tad bit of context, we all know who King David is. He had a son named Solomon. Solomon had a son named Rehoboam. Solomon is now dead. Rehoboam is the king. He is now the king, and Israel have made him king, and they come up to him to ask him a question. Please lighten the load. Are you going to do that? Because if you do, we will serve you. Lighten the load that your father put on us, and we will serve you. And it seems like Rehoboam does the wise thing. Because what does Proverbs 1.5 say? A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will require wise counsel. And this gets to my first point. We ought to obey and act on the wisdom that we receive. Just because you and I have God's word does not mean that we will obey it, but we need to. Just because we read God's word does not mean we will obey it, but we need to. Our actions matter. Reading the Bible matters, but also obeying the word of God, also obeying God's message Again, just because you and I receive wisdom, it doesn't mean we will obey it, but you and I need to. And you see the opposite of that within verse 4. As he says, uh, Israel says to Rehoboam, Your father made a yoke hard, now therefore lighten the hard service of your father, his heavy yoke, which he put on us, and we will serve you. I want to get to Israel in a second, but I want to talk about Solomon. Solomon was the wisest king, okay, wisest person. We're not going to include Jesus, right? The wisest person to to ever live. He still acted very foolishly, and that should give us some hope. How we may be all wise, but sometimes we'll make mistakes. He was the wisest king to ever live, and um, he had 700 wives, and all of them made him commit apostasy, and he made his own kingdom work hard for unnecessary reasons. He knew, with all of his wisdom and his knowledge, he knew what the right thing to do was, but he didn't do it. And Israel is in the same boat because within verse, uh, the very uh, uh, second section of verse 4, uh, as they said, if you lighten the load on us, we will serve you. This is ironic. Let me tell you why. Israel just tried to promise their new king, Rehoboam, submissive service as if it was a blessing. Now, why is this ironic? Because God has been doing that for their whole lives, saying, if you obey my commands, you will be blessed. If you do what I say, you will be fruitful, you will will enjoy this land. And they didn't, because they constantly disobeyed him. They constantly knew that they had uh, the word of God, through prophets, but they still didn't act on it. They still didn't obey God's word. And so then, through that, Israel wanted to have many kings like other nations, where they said, we want a king like the other nations. And so now, they have so many kings, which were all very bad. You had King Saul, the first one, which was a disaster. He only did one good thing as a king, and then it went a slope, downhill from there. You had King David, who was an adulterous murderer? Yes, Solomon, who we just talked about, who committed polygamy. We haven't even got it with Rehoboam yet, and then these other, all these other kings that, that were some of them were good, but some of them were also not. My point is saying this: like if Israel would not have had so many issues with all of these kings if they realized who their true king was. If they would have done what God said, they would have been blessed. They would, have, they would have seen the blessing of God. They had God's word, and they needed to act on it. And most importantly, they had God. Not only did they have the word of God, they had God. God was always fighting their battles. Never asked. He was in charge of the outcome. Every time. One hundred percent. And God wanted a relationship with Israel. And Israel could have acted on that. And they would only obey God when there was a cycle uh, that's, that talks more about that within uh, Judges, where they would, they would be blessed by God, they obeyed him, and then they would disobey when things got comfortable, when they got a little too comfortable and content, right? Then they would disobey, go to idols, and then God would send a problem. And this was a constant cycle. And you see the very same thing that's about to happen here in other passages of Scripture where Israel could have done the right thing, but they didn't. And so they had a very hard time enjoying the land that they had. Enjoying uh, the, the land that they had. And I, I, I do wonder if that's me. I do wonder if that's us. How sometimes do I only come to God when I have a problem? Do I only pray? When I have an issue, do I only read God's word when there's a bad thing in my life? Because the truth is that God does want a relationship with you and I. He wants you and I to have that relationship. He wants you to read his word. He wants you to obey his word. He wants you to pray to him. And by the way, there is nothing wrong coming to God when there are hard times. There's nothing wrong with reading his word when you're having a hard time. There is nothing wrong with praying to God during hard times. But if we're only coming to God during hard times, there's an issue. But also, because since God wants to spend so much time with us, and he sees that you and I are only going to come to him during hard times, we're going to have a hard life. Because he wants that relationship with you and I. And if he sees that you're only, you and I are only going to come to him during hard times, we're going to have a hard time. Because he wants you to spend time with him. He loves you and I. He does want that relationship. He, wanted that, uh, he wants that relationship with Israel. Israel had the right, knew the right thing to do, and they didn't do it. Just like Solomon. And you and I have God's word and his commands, and you and I should obey it as well. We need to wisely seek God's relationship through his word and to act on it. And speaking of hearing things and not acting on it, let's look at verse 7 for a second. Then the elders spoke to Rehoboam, saying, If you will be a servant to this people today and will serve them and grant them their petition, speak good words to them, they will be your servant forever. The elders gave good advice. They said, You serve them they will serve you. It's like a reap and sow, right? If you serve them, they will serve you. Serving others is good advice. It's a biblical concept, not only within the Old Testament, but also with the new. Good leaders, they serve their people so that they will serve the leader right back. 1 Peter 4.10, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's very grace, you and I serve each other by the grace of God. So as a church, but also to uh, people out in the world as well. Serving others, that's the advice that the elders gave, and it was good advice. It was good wisdom. But sometimes it's about the wisdom from the person rather than who the person actually is. And I want to get to that through uh, verses 8 through 14. Please read with me. But Rehoboam forsook the counsel of the elders which they had given him, and consulted with the young men who grew up with him and served him. So he said to them, What counsel do you give that we may answer this people who have spoken to him, saying, Lighten the yoke which your father put on us. The young men who grew up with him spoke to Rehoboam, saying, Thus you shall say to this people who spoke to you, saying, Your father made our yoke heavy, now make it lighter for us, You shall say to them, My little finger is thicker than my father's loins. Whereas my father loaded you with the heavy yoke, I am going to add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, I am going to discipline you with scorpions. Then Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam on the third day, as the king had directed, saying, Return to me on the third day, verse 13. Then King Rehoboam answered the people harshly, because he forsook the advice of the elders which they had given him. And he spoke to them according to the advice of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke, my father disciplined you with whips, I will discipline you with scorpions. Wow. Contrast of advice. You have really good sound advice, and then you have a disaster awaiting. We don't don't even know the outcome yet, and it already looks bad. Such big contrast of advice. The elders gave good advice. They gave good, sound advice because it was the right thing to do. They didn't give good advice because they were elders. The elders gave good advice because it was good advice. It was sound. It was right. And the friends, they didn't give good advice because they were young or that they were his friend. They gave bad advice because it was just bad advice. It's just awful. I remember a time when I was in Jacksonville College before I transferred DTBU, and I had a great voice teacher, amazing voice coach. And um, I would always want to work on my lower notes uh, than, my, than the notes I needed to work on. And so through that, she would notice that, and she would always remind me, Drew, you don't need to be working on those notes. Because they're not good. You need to be working on what you need to. That's, what you, that's the truth, and you need to hear it. And that gets to my second point, is that sometimes what you and I need, need to hear is not what we want to hear. Sometimes when you and I need to hear, it is not what you and I want to hear. I want to give just a little bit of recap so that we can understand the story. We have uh, Rehoboam just now become king Israel tells to Rehoboam, Please lighten the load your father gave us and we will serve you. And Rehoboam says, Give me three days to come back to you. And so he comes to the elders and says, What do you think I should do? And the elders say, You need to serve them and they will serve you. Look at verse 8 one more time. Rehoboam says, He forsook the counsel of the elders which they had given him and consulted with the young men who grew up with him and served him. He hadn't even heard what the other piece of advice was yet. He heard the advice from the elders, and then he rejected it. He didn't even know what the other piece of advice was at this point. He knew he, he heard what, 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 the, what the elders gave him, and then he forsook that. There's a commentator um, named Dr. Frank Gabley who, who kind of uh, agrees with this point, saying that the, the reason that... Um Rehoboam decided to reject um, the elders' advice was because that wasn't what he wanted to hear. But it was what he needed to hear. He needed to hear, he needed to serve them, and that they would serve him. But he didn't want to hear that, which is why he came to his friends. Because he knew before he even heard their advice, he knew it was what he wanted to hear. And that is exactly what he did. And you and I today, as Christians, we need to listen and to read God's Word to to become closer to Him. And this will also include learning and hearing biblical principles that you and I can get uncomfortable to hear. It can be uncomfortable to be reminded that you and I are sinners and need a Savior. We do. And in some aspects, it's also kind of difficult for some people to only go on one aspect of theology of God and His attributes. I know some people that claim to be Christians that only want to look at the love of God and they don't even want to acknowledge his righteous wrath. But that is just as true. That is just as true. He has righteous wrath and he is also love. And you and I are sinners who can be forgiven if we come to him in repentance and faith. That is true. And uh, that's something that you and I need to hear. We need to hear the whole truth. And Rehoboam, he needed to hear the elders. He needed to hear to serve them, to give a gentle word. But you and I don't see that as we come to verses 13 and 14. Which it says, The king answered the people harshly, for he forsook the advice of the elders which they had given him, spoke to them according to the advice of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. The advice from Rehoboam's friend was more, to, more so on showing dominance, showing who's in charge. Let me show you my power kind of thing. And that's exactly what you see here, which is why he liked it better. He knew that he, that, that was something he was going to get. The problem is that that's not, the issue. that's not the purpose of leadership. The purpose of leadership in all aspects, you and I are a leader, is to serve each other is to serve the world. And leaders are to serve their people because they will serve them right back. You and I as a church serve each other. And by the way, Ray Baum forgot this, is that there's a God who's in charge. And he came to serve. He didn't come off to show unnecessary miracles. When Jesus came down to put on human flesh, he did miracles, but they were all for the purpose of serving. He didn't heal the lame man just to show you that he was God. Now, yes, it showed you that he was God, but it was for the purpose of serving, to serve others. And that's what you and I need to do as leaders is to serve others. And Ramboam did not do that. In verse 15, you get the climax of the passage. And this is what it says. So the king did not listen to the people, for it was a turn of events from Yahweh that he might establish his word, which Yahweh spoke through Ahijah the Shalonite to Jeroboam the son of Nebat. This is the climax of the passage because it shows that God is the one who is in charge. He was the one working these things together. As I've learned from ETBU and the professors, that is, that there are big two hermeneutical rules that you and I need to learn uh, when reading the Old Testament. The first one is that just because, yeah, that's what that. just because the Old Testament records something does not mean the Bible approves it. Just because it shows actions of foolish people does not mean God wanted it. Just because it showed that David committed some heinous sins does not mean God approved it. But it's recorded just so that you and I can know. But it's also um, it also can mean to see that God can still use that. And this gets to the second rule because when you and I read Old Testament stories, we don't need to be focused on the actions of the people. We need to be focused on the actions of God, and what He is doing. And that's what you get in this very passage. That this in verse fifteen, the king did not listen to the people. Rehoboam did not listen. It was a turn of events from Yahweh. This was all Yahweh's doing. He said this was going to happen, and it did. And by the way, if you flip that page over to chapter 11, you and I will see that in verses uh, 10, forgive me, 11 and 12, sorry. Yeah, 11 and 12, I'm so sorry. Chapter 11. 11, 12. So Yahweh said to Solomon, because you have done this and have not kept my covenant and my statutes which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you and will give it to your servant. Nevertheless, I will not do it in the days of your father's sake, but I will tear it out of your son. And now we get to verses 30 and 31 of chapter 11. Then Ahijah Took hold of the new cloak which was on him and tore it into twelve pieces. Verse thirty one. Then he said to Jeroboam, take for yourself ten pieces, for thus says Yahweh, the god of Israel, behold I will tear the kingdom out of your hands so- out of the hand of Solomon and give you ten tribes. Solomon disobeyed God. Solomon decided to commit polygamy and to commit apostasy. As what some scholars like to argue, and that he made all of Israel work hard for no reason and to also commit to idols as well. And that burned against Yahweh, and Yahweh had righteous anger against him and said, I'm going to take this kingdom from you. But because of what I told David, I'm not going to take it when you're alive. I'm going to take it from your son, Rehoboam. And then who does he give it to? He gives it to his servant, Jeroboam, saying, I'm going to give you ten tribes that's, where, that's usually what prophets do. They like to make um, images of, uh, of the message that they're going to give. So he takes off his cloak to tear it into 12 pieces to give Jeroboam 10 pieces and says, I'm going to give you, or God's going to give you 10, piece, uh, 10 uh, tribes of Israel. Not all 12, but 10. This is the most. Uh, I think the my, to my third point is that when God says something or when God commands something, we ought to obey it because His promises are going to happen, and you and I see that through through all Scripture and throughout passages of prophecy, but also with discipline. When God told Solomon, "I'm going to take this kingdom from you," He did, and He gave it to Rehoboam, and we saw that within verse 15. This was a turn of events from. Yahweh, when God gives you and I His Scriptures, we need to read it and apply it, and to do the commands that are written within it. I just want to summarize verses 16 and 24 real quick. Israel did not like um, what Rehoboam said to him, uh, said to them. Excuse me, and so they decide to say the words to your tents. And some commentators and scholars say that that's a term that they use to prepare for war. And so, and through that time, they make Jeroboam king, which is exactly what God just said would happen. And so now Jeroboam is now king, but so is Rehoboam, still of two little tribes. And Jer- uh, Rehoboam this is getting a little confusing, sorry. Rehoboam is now going to get going against Jeroboam to go in a war. And in verse 24, I do want to re- read that with y'all because this is what it says. Thus says Yahweh, you must not go up and fight against your relatives to the sons of Israel. Return every man to his house, for this thing has come from me. So they listened to the word of Yahweh and returned and went their way according to the word of Yahweh. This was the wisest thing Rehoboam did in this passage. And that should also give us some hope. Through our mistakes, through our sins... We can still do the right thing and obey God. Do whatever that needs to be. When God gives you and I a promise, it will happen. And by grace, we see that he has promised eternal life. Because what what does 1 John 2.25 say? This is the promise which he himself made to us. Eternal life. If eternal life is a promise, it's going to happen. You and I can hope in God's word because It stands. You and I can hope in God's promises because it will happen. You and I can hope in God because his character, his loving character, is willing to do so. He is willing to make his promises happen. And through the midst of, again, you and me and our failures to others and the failures of others who have done to us wrong, God will never fail you. Through the midst of that, we can trust in God because he will never fail us. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, it, says, uh, it shows Jesus uh, saying the words, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is a promise to anyone who comes to him in repentance and faith, see, eternal life to have that rest. And by the way, this is the same God. This is the same king who if Israel came to for rest, they would have gotten it. If they would have, have come to God, they didn't have to come to King Rehoboam. They could, they could have went to the true king, Yahweh, and said, God, we repent. We messed up. We need your wisdom. We, we messed up, and we need you to intervene. Please give us rest, and he would have done it. This is the same God who would have given them rest if they come to ask Because again, just because you and I have wisdom does not mean we will obey it, but we need to. And just because Israel had the words of God through the prophets did not mean they were going to obey it, but they needed to. You and I ought to obey and act on the wisdom we receive. You and I ought to obey and act on God's word, to obey and to act on the word of God. What advice do you obey? You and I may know the right thing to do in certain situations in our lives. We may have the right knowledge, the right wisdom. You and I may know the scriptures, but do we apply it? Do we obey it? That was the problem with Israel and sometimes with us. But we need to know them. Absolutely, that matters. We also need to apply it We need to obey God's commands when they come. We're going to have a time of invitation. This is a time where if we need to repent of sin, this is a time to do so. If this is a time to acknowledge that we have not been obeying the word of God, this is a time to do so. If this is a time where you and I are hurting, this is a time to come to him. If you are weary and heavy laden, this is a time to do so. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful for your word. We're so grateful for your promises that they happen through the consistency as we see in your word and through the stories that we see. We're so grateful for the colorful stories as we can look more on you, as we can look at what you are doing in the midst of what people do. We're so grateful for your consistency through the midst of our inconsistency. God, we're so grateful. We do repent of our sin. We do acknowledge your word that it's true and that we will obey it. For your glory, in Jesus' name, amen.